Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. Getting out about an hour till kickoff Thursday night football. You know, officially, again, it, guys, like this is actual Thursday night football. Yes, sir. But I consider last week, even though it's not branded Thursday night football, also is Thursday night football. What would what do they brand it as? Well, it's just like opening night, and it's on NBC. It's not on. Well, um, you know, I didn't think about that. Amazon. One time. Yeah, I I'm a nerd about that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think about that. I literally was like, yeah. oh yeah. It's it's branding, Trista. It was it didn't say Thursday night football. I this says Thursday night football. Doesn't matter. It was on a Thursday night. This is the second Thursday night football game of the year. So that's the way I look at it. All right. So we have all kind of laid out how we feel about how this game is going to go. We see a lot of offense. Uh, there's a little more confidence in Kirk Cousins in prime time because, as you pointed out, Ryan, and I'm glad you did. Vikings by four. It's a lazy narrative when people say that he can't win in prime time because he's actually been pretty good with the Vikings, especially on Thursday Night Football. It's been a lot better. Luckily, we got Paul Charchian to jump on with us now, Chief Execution Officer, guillotineleagues.com, also K-Fan up in Minneapolis. So let's actually start with your Vikings first here because we can't not talk about the team that's about to play considering <laughs> it's your team. Uh, how... Just heading into this game, after what you saw week one from the Vikings, do you feel more confident, or are you in the, the I guess, the category of a lot of people that see major regression from this team this year? Yeah, the regression uh, feels real right now, for sure, and the, the mood's pretty sour, honestly, here in Minnesota, because 0-2 is staring them in the face, and then they got a tricky matchup with the Chargers after that, and if, as you guys know, if you go 0-3, your season's effectively over. You have a 97% chance of not making the playoffs, so... There's already uh, a little bit of apprehension here, and probably the Vikings are going to get destroyed on national television week two in Philadelphia, just like last year when they got destroyed on national television <laughs> week two in Philadelphia. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Vikings without their starting center, Garrett Bradbury, their left tackle, who's awfully good. Christian Darisaw is their best lineman. He comes in very hobbled to this game. And, man, you need to be full strength to go up against Philadelphia. I'm worried that the line of scrimmage battle is going to be so one-sided, it's going to feel a little bit like that Cowboys-Giants game from Sunday night mm. where just you, the offense just can't get Ugh. anything rolling, and, and that's a real possibility here. Paul, I know we'll get back to tonight's game. I actually wanted to ask you about another team in the NFC North, and that's the Packers because they're traveling sure. to Atlanta. There's been a little bit of line movement right there. But what I wanted to ask is I like the way that Atlanta used their backs, not so much the way that they used their receivers, especially Drake yeah. London, who had one target. <laughs> but Tyler Algier had 15 carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Bijan had 10 carries, 56 yards. It looks like Patterson's going to be activated this week. So how would you play the running backs? You know, not only with props, but in fantasy. Do you keep going back to Algier if he's on your roster? Do you maybe sit him thinking maybe Bijan's going to get a bigger role? Because you look at Green Bay's defense, and I believe they were 31st in some metrics, 28th against the run last mm -hmm. season. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep playing those two guys, Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson, and that's it because Arthur Smith hates your fantasy team and he hates passing the ball. Well, was Kyle Pitts like the fifth <laughs> player taken in a draft and Drake London was like the yeah. tenth player taken in a draft? Well, no, 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 we don't need to use those guys when we can just pound the rock. And granted, sometimes it works. It did last week because they got to play Carolina, but on the whole, that may not work nearly as well. And yeah, so, you know, the fear here, everybody thought B. John Robinson was a first-round fantasy pick. Everybody thought he was going to be get-work-horse carries. Didn't work out that way. Tyler Algeo got, got more snaps, more carries, more rushing yards than B. John did. So, yeah, those two feel like it's going to be a one-two punch all season. Not worried about Cordell Patterson at all, but, yeah. and But everybody else is totally, totally up in the air on a week-by-week -week basis. I'm benching Drake London in my fantasy leagues. 
Wow. What do you make of this Rams offense moving forward? Because Tutu and Puka both went off without Cooper Cup. Looks like Cooper Cup's going to be out a while. Um, And, like, they look pretty good. Yeah. And nice to meet you, Trista, by the way. Nice to meet you. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So, a lot of people asking, you know, how real is Puka Nakua? And the answer is, it's totally legit. I mean, this was smart draft people thought that he was a great value where he got drafted. Love the fact that they had enough confidence in him in his first NFL game to go be Cooper Cup. Awesome. I mean, you know, that's that's amazing. They threw him 15 times, 10 catches, 100, 119 yards. When Cooper Cup does come back, and I don't know if that's going to be week five or week 10 or whenever, Pook is already the second best receiver on this team. He's not going to be the one who gets phased out. It's going to be Van freaking Jefferson, who they needed to step up all last season and never did. So I'm still on, I'm on board with that team. I thought the Rams had the best win out of any team last year. I don't think anybody saw that performance coming last week. Anybody saw that performance coming. Loved how Stafford looked in the pocket. Offensive line looked way better. There was there was a lot to like there. Um, well, outside of Cam Akers, but that's a whole other kind. <laughs> that's, that's usually no a kidding, problem. Ugh. Let's be honest. It feels like that's just like a continuing saga, and then he's going to get traded, and then he's not going to get traded. And it's funny, Charge, because like the Rams' offense was one of the offenses we had questions about heading into Week One, and they looked like we thought maybe the Bengals could look, and the Bengals yeah. looked absolutely atrocious. Now. They've struggled, especially last year. They started off 0-2, and their offense has... It takes a little time for them to click. But when I saw what I saw last week, I thought of, okay, Rust haven't played together all preseason. Joe Burrow's coming back from an injury, bad weather, all these things. Maybe I'm making excuses. But whether it's a fantasy perspective here or it's just from the props market for the Bengals this weekend, do you see a bounce back for them offensively against the Ravens this weekend? Um, well, can I go yes and no on this? You can do and that if you want, you know, yeah. You know, we, we, the excuses are there if you want them. The rain, which you mentioned, the rust after missing a month and all that. That's all there. Um, Joe Mixon was quasi-effective, but the Ravens' run defense is great. And they got the Ravens, obviously, coming up next. And, you know, they held Damian Pierce, who, by the way, really good running back, to 38 yards. Um, and they were great last year, too. So I'm nervous about Joe Mixon coming up in this game. The passing, though, and I think, you know, I really do think the bounce back is coming. And it, it's it's super chalky take, but listen to this. They lost their starting safety, Marcus Williams. Last week, C.J. Stroud, in his first ever NFL game, was given 54 dropbacks against the Ravens. So, you know, at least one at least one offensive staff said, look, the way to beat this team is through the air. We're going to try through the air. I think Joe Burrow is going to go through the path of least resistance here. Tons of volume coming, and that will ultimately result in solid games for Burrow and Chase and T. Higgins, who they, you know, you got to have, you got to give that guy a little extra love coming off a zero catch game, right? I hope so, man. I'm starting him this week. What do you do now with the Jets, with the skill position players? Because a lot of people obviously draft in Garrett Wilson pretty high. You yeah. have Brees Hall yeah. coming back. Doesn't look like he really skipped the beat, even coming back from uh, ACL surgery. But you figure going against a Dallas defense, especially this week, you could kind of just load the box and make Zach Wilson beat you. So do you bench, as crazy mm-hmm. as it sounds, bench Brees Hall? Do you play Garrett Wilson? What would you do with the Jets kind of these next couple weeks? Well, you're going to see a lot of running, right? So, you know, I'm not benching Brees Hall because, well, the totality of the offense is going to go way down with Zach Wilson. They're going to run every possible situation they can. You know, how great. Zach Wilson comes in, and they immediately go to three tight end looks so they can just (laughs) run the ball, you know, like get us our four yards on this run. Um, And and I think you're you're going to see plenty of that. And Brees Hall looks special. Dalvin Cook, not enough people talking about this. Dude's cooked. I mean, he he yeah, had yes. he brought nothing. He brought nothing to that game. The Vikings knew what they were getting out. They got out 
ahead of they got out one year they're really the perfect time um, I thought I thought he looked really pedestrian. Brees looked great, so I'm keeping those guys going. The Garrett Wilson thing is a real tragedy because he's so good, and we're gonna we're gonna miss out on what should be a really special season because Zach Wilson can't deliver the goods. How concerned should people like me who drafted Lamar Jackson in a super flex league, uh, fourth overall, be mm-hmm. about the way this offense looked, especially now that J.K. Dobbins goes down? Another year with more injuries uh, in Baltimore to the running back position. Yeah, Trista, you should have bowel-loosening levels of existential dread right now. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. We always want, we were wondering, like, what's Todd Munkin going to do to this offense? We knew there was going to be more passing, right? But how about this? He gave Lamar Jackson two designed runs. Ugh. Two. And he got two yards on those runs. Look, for fantasy use especially we're here for the running we want those rushing yards those are way more valuable than passing attempts right and if jackson's legs aren't going to be a regular contributor we got a problem if you go back to week four of last year lamar jackson averaging 0.9 passing touchdowns per game that's not good that's a 15 touchdown season and here comes the Bengals. the Bengals just put deshaun watson on a brutal passing game and that, you know, rain or not, he looked terrible. And it's maths by fantasy owners because he ran in that touchdown. Were it not for that, he would have had a miserable fantasy day. The passing was bad. I'm nervous about Jackson in this game. Todd Munkin's got to reverse that. I'm, I'm nervous here. Yeah, and he only averaged uh, four yards per attempt, too. I wanted to see the Louisville mm-hmm. offense, and it was like dinking and dunking yeah. down the field. So not only the rushing yards, yeah, he was a big fantasy disappointment. Talking to Paul Charchi and Bet MGM tonight. I, I, I want to kind of just go big picture with you here so we can – really just dig in a little to who you see. Like, who do you look at this week if you haven't already mentioned them? Uh, this just has a bad matchup. It could be tight end, could be quarterback, could be wide receiver, could be running back. Just maybe some stayaways that you've got for us. Well, Christian Kirk, who was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver last year, really, you know, he gets the one catch game last week. So digging a little deeper. I mean, what gives here? You know, is it all just because Calvin Ridley showed up? Well, here's what happened. He was only on the field for half of the snaps. And last year, he was on the field for like almost all of them. So it really does look like a lot of the work, a lot of the Calvin Ridley looks took Christian Kirk completely off the field. That's a major, major concern and something we're going to keep tracking. And maybe it's just a one game thing, but that's that is an area of, of real concern for me. The other guy that had the, a really weird downtick, Rashad Bateman in Baltimore, he they moved him from the outside. Todd Munkin moved him into the slot where he got very little use. Zay Jones played half in the slot, half outside. Zay Jones is the future of that team, and they know it. They love Zay Flowers. They love Zay Flowers. He got so much work. Bateman didn't, and it's so hard to be fantasy relevant with big plays from the slot. Very few do, and Bateman's only used to us when he was healthy was were big downfield plays. He's not going to do that from the slot, so that's a guy that really concerns me too. All right, Paul, if you're looking at player props tonight, anytime touchdowns, receiving props, just anything, who do you trust more in Minnesota? You got uh, Madison, who I actually like his receptions tonight and his receiving yards, and you got Jordan Addison coming off a huge uh, week one performance. All right, I'm totally out on Madison. In fact, from, uh, you know, on almost every regard. So last week looked totally pedestrian, um, just three yards per carry. He posted the league's fourth worst yards over expectation percentage. And now, as I mentioned, center is out, left tackle's playing hurt. And here comes the elephantine tackle, Jordan Davis, that you got to try to run against. Hate that matchup. And I'm worried Madison just gets game scripted off the field entirely. 
Addison, though, is fascinating. So we know James Bradbury's not going to play. Bradbury normally plays one side of the field. Probably the Eagles will take Darius Slay, and they will have him shadow Justin Jefferson. And they've done that a few, they did like four times last year where they had Slay shadow the number one. So I think they'll do that here. That puts Jordan Addison all game long on something called Josh Joby, who has 23 career snaps in coverage. <laughs> yeah, first That's start. It. Right, you know, Jordan Addison had a, the thrilling touchdown last week. He's on the field constantly. Jordan Addison, anytime touchdown in a game script that's likely pass heavy as the Vikings have to pass trailing throughout. I think the Addison play is, is pretty solid here. I love that. Uh, I took Jonathan Taylor very late uh, in my fantasy draft. I think I got him 69th overall. Nice. nice. Uh, when yeah. he comes back <laughs> off the pup list, which looks like in week five, what should we expect from him from a workload perspective? Is it going to be dependent on the team that he's on? Is is Anthony Richardson and that, that wrinkle going to help him, hurt him? What do you make of that? Well, ultimately, a lot of times rushing quarterbacks free up running backs, right? They do, they do the RPO, and the RPO can ultimately help good running backs. And if Taylor is actually healthy at the end of this and playing for the Colts, I mean, granted, the Colts, you know, we don't really want to invest in Colts offense, but we will here. Um, you know, I, I think there's an opportunity for him to be actually pretty darn effective. You know, what really held Jonathan Taylor back last year was a nagging ankle injury that he suffered in week one and played through all year long on and off. And, you know, you can't play right on that ankle. And he decided, if you weren't going to pay me, I'm not playing on an injured ankle again. And I guess I can't necessarily blame him for that. So presuming he's back healthy, I think, I think Trista, you're going to find that you got a steal by getting Jonathan Taylor late in your draft. That's what you like to That's hear. That's what I yes. like to hear, Charge. All right, got about like 90 seconds or so here, Charge. Uh, we yeah. saw in the first Thursday night game the dropskis when it came to Chiefs receivers. Now, didn't have Travis Kelsey. They're looking like they're going to have him back for week two. But from yeah. what you saw from the rest of that core, is that enough to maybe be just even slightly concerned about Patrick Mahomes week by week as a fantasy quarterback? Or do you just say, ah, he's got Travis Kelsey, they'll figure out a way? They always do figure out a way, and it, they, he has it. He has for two years. He hasn't needed any quality receivers at all. The problem really is it's more than anything else. It's the rotation of receivers. No one Chiefs receiver was on the field for half of their plays last year or last week, and that's you know that's the real problem here. So you can't trust any of those guys. Um, last week, MVS and Sky Moore ran the most routes, but it still wasn't enough to mean anything really. So, and some people are chasing Rasheed Rice's touchdown from week one. He was on the field for 12 passing plays. That's it. So he's out too. All the wide are dead to us. The, the most interesting thing from a receiving standpoint that came out of last week was Isaiah Pacheco, weirdly mm. involved in the passing game. Four targets, four catches. He only topped that one time all of last year. So if, they're, if Pacheco's got some newfound receiving chops, that might help offset this stupid Clyde Edwards-Alaire thing that they're still trying to get right and make good yeah. on that first-round pick. We got to get through that. Yeah, Pacheco, somebody I'm targeting for uh, receiving and rushing yards combined, like every week now, especially this week as they start to trickle out. So, Paul Charchian, Chief Execution good Officer, GuillotineLeagues.com. Always love talking to you, Charge. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, my friends. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco may be the second best weapon behind uh, you know Travis Kelsey. A look at some of the top props heading into Thursday Night Football next. Ben MGM the night. 